the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. I hope you're having a fantastic weekend. My name is Mark Longoria. I'm the Director of Ministry Development here at AM 630 KSLR. You're listening to The Word in South Texas. And uh, this particular program is called Church of the Week, and it's my job, my duty, and my honor to bring you a pastor every week so that you get to know the different uh, folks that are laboring in God's kingdom here in our own city. Uh, we uh, we so appreciate you listening to uh, the word here on this radio station, and uh, you might be listening online or through your phone app. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to uh, the word here on KSLR, but we also want to make sure that you are connected to the local community church. Uh, we believe that it's very important that you have someone that you can call your pastor, someone that can guide you, someone that can lead you, someone that's been anointed by God to shepherd you, uh, following his lead as our, as our, as our big shepherd. And, uh, also a group of people, the community church that you can call your brothers and sisters in Christ that you can go to in your moment of crisis, or maybe you can offer a helping hand or a prayer or something to somebody that might be beneficial when they're down. That's what the church is all about. Together we reach up, give glory to God. We reach out into our community and bless people by, uh, demonstrating the love of Christ. And so. Once again, if you're not part of the local community church, we invite you to be a part of it. So today here in studio with us is Pastor David Cook of International Bible Church here in San Antonio. Uh, Pastor, welcome to the studio. Good to have you. Thank you, Mark. Great to be able to share this time with you today and with uh, all of our listeners. Awesome. Well, we want to uh, just hear a little bit of a, just if you can give us some background about yourself. Are you you a native San Antonian? No, sir. I was born and raised in Arizona, graduated from high school, moved to Idaho, then came to Bible College, International Bible College here in San Antonio, met my wife. She was from Northern California. We were married our third year, 1967. We've been married 48 years. Awesome. And uh, have traveled the world for 16 years. Jeannie and I traveled all over the world. I was an evangelist and uh, preached in a lot of different places and churches and ministries, and then loved to do every year. We'd save our monies and go to the mission field and uh, do something in the area of missions. Of course, International Bible College was such a strong uh, missionary emphasis. It was actually started by a missionary from Japan, a Britisher, who came to San Antonio during the war years and started a church a lot of people would know it as Revival Temple. Today it's Destiny Church. Okay. And then uh, within a couple of years after that started the Bible College, International Bible College. And, of course, as soon as the war was over, uh, General Douglas MacArthur asked for missionaries and thousands of Bibles. And Leonard Koo took some 30 or so families back to Japan. And he spent the rest of his days working as a missionary in that country and spreading the gospel. So 
uh, in the early years, it was primarily just a missionary training institute, but it morphed into a two- and four-year Bible college, which we ceased in 2010, primarily over the problem of recruiting. But we still have a burden for missions and a real passion and desire to raise up young people. We've got to think outside the box. How are we going to prepare the next generation for ministry? And that has to be a major concern of the body of Christ. Now, you came here, uh, and you said you went to IBC. Right. Uh, so you were there as a student. Right. How did you hear about IBC, and how did you go through that journey to then yeah. leading, being the head guy at IBC? Uh, yeah, that's an interesting story. We, uh, I heard of IBC through some other Christian young people that were in Idaho and uh, knew that it was an independent Bible college, and yet with a full gospel background, and uh, I'd been raised as a child in Foursquare and Assembly of God, and so I was, uh, and I liked the idea that it was independent. It was a small Bible college, about 200 students, and I said, and I prayed about it, and I just felt like the Lord wanted me to come. Of course, got a great biblical education and met a wonderful woman, and, and we were married. And, and uh, then, as we traveled the world, in 1984, uh, I returned to IBC, became part of the teaching uh, staff, went on and finished my education, uh, my master's degree and, and further education. And then in 1997, January of 1997, became the president and uh, continued there. And then the Lord began to deal with us, actually, before we ever closed the Bible college down about starting a church. Mm. And I really wrestled with that and talked to the leadership in the uh, Destiny Church as well as the Bible college setting. And and everyone witnessed that this was a, a good thing. And so we've been going now, what, it's been 13, 14 years. And uh, we we give almost fifty percent of the income that comes into the church uh, to somewhere in, in missions, foreign missions, wow. or, or whatever. So we're we're a strong missionary minded body. And in fact, there's hardly a Sunday goes by we're not raising an offering for some missionary somewhere. This coming Sunday, <laughs> I want to raise twelve hundred dollars to finish two churches in the mountains in Mexico. They're Indian churches. Uh-huh. And uh, the Mexican pastor, working with these Indians, they've, they've laid the foundation, put the walls up. They need to finish. We've raised the monies before now for the roofs and the doors and windows, and we're going to finish it. $1,200, I'm believing the Lord, this coming Amen. Sunday. So that's, a, that's kind of a constant burden and passion is being involved in, in missions and Kingdom business. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Amen. I'd like for you to share a little bit about the transition because, you know, it, it's so easy just to say, oh, yeah, well, we transitioned the church or we transitioned the school now into church. And, but I know that there's a lot of, um, uh, there's a lot of prayer that goes into it. There's a lot of oh, counseling, yeah. like you said, talking to different folks about it, their destiny and elsewhere. Um, and sometimes it's, we're, because we're creatures of habit. Yeah. We don't. We don't. We're not always ready to make that change. And when God calls us to switch our gears for, or switch from one thing to another, because He's leading us in a different direction for this new yeah. season, yeah. it's almost like sometimes we have, we dig our heels. And so perhaps somebody is going through that right now, where they're going mm. through their transitional moment. And maybe by your experience and some yeah. of the things that uh, that you can share with us, it'll help them. You know, in '96, 
I was not able to see the future that in 2010, uh, the dynamic of what basically has happened across the United States, and that's the closing of Bible colleges, mm-hmm. strong, accredited Bible colleges. And, and there's a number of reasons, and one, and certainly not the uh, smallest reason, is that for 30 or 40 years, we've murdered over 50 million Americans uh, young people, mm. the shortage of college, uh, university students, the government has made monies so available, and recruitment for students to come and pay to go to Bible college yeah. when they practically could be paid to go to a state college or a university. Uh, the dynamics totally changed, yeah. and we could see that things were happening. But in '96, the Lord was already dealing with us about really launching a church, and uh, it could help subsidize the school, and uh, plus we could expand ministries. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember, actually, it was in January of 90, uh, no, uh, yeah, January of 97, that uh, in prayer one morning, the Lord spoke to me, and he'd been dealing with me for several months, and I hadn't told anyone except my wife, and I was in prayer, and the Lord said, look, if you don't do this, I'll raise up someone that will. Mm. <laughs> God got wow. my attention, and yeah. I said, Lord, I'm not saying I won't. I just you know, I'm, I just want to make sure that I'm really walking in your will. Yeah. So that's when we, uh, I opened it up and went to the various leaders, and basically I laid it before the Lord and said, we've got to have 100% that the elders of both Destiny Church and the uh, the leadership of the Bible college, the elders, they have to – I've got to have 100 percent backing. I've really mm-hmm. laid it out yeah. before the Lord. Man, um, but if you get 100 percent of, of boards <laughs> to sponsor you know something, it, yeah. it's got to be God. Right. So – and sure enough, everybody just sensed this really is a God thing. And so we launched it that year, and we've certainly seen the favor and the hand of God, and mm-hmm. we just rejoice and thank the Lord for that, not knowing – that the Bible college, that we'd come to a place that we were really going to have to make some major transitions. And because of the cost of the school, it was just drowning us. And so we had to back up and rethink this of what are we going to do and how we're going to do it. And uh, we're still involved in wanting to prepare uh, young men and women for the next generation. Amen. Because if we fail to pass the baton, it's only one generation and Christianity will be extinct. Yeah. If we fail, understanding that we ourselves are standing on the shoulders of great leaders of the past who ministered into our lives, that that invested in us, that if we fail, we, we drop the baton. And so we've got a major task in the day in which we live, major challenges that are before the church. But uh, God has called us in the day in which we live, and so we just uh, we face it. And if there is someone that's facing a transitional time, hear the voice of the Spirit. He knows the future. We don't. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. A reminder of the words of Paul that he told Timothy to, to teach others that they may go and teach others. Absolutely. That's discipleship, yeah. and we, we've got to have it because you're right. One generation, that's yeah. it. 
yeah. it's over. Well, if your heart is in missions, if your heart is in discipleship, if you're if you heard something uh, even this first part of the interview that really just kind of struck a chord with you, we invite you to visit International Bible Church located at twenty three sixty nine uh, Benrus Road. Is that how you say it? Benrus Boulevard. Benrus mm-hmm. Boulevard. So twenty three sixty nine Benrus Boulevard. Services are Sunday school at nine thirty a.m. and uh, worship is at ten thirty a.m. Uh, midweek service or Bible study from 7 to 8 p.m. Uh, and uh, for more information, you can log on to ibctx.org, ibctx.org, or call 210-434-5541. The number again is 210-434-5541. Mark, we're actually two miles from the Ingram Mall Okay, off of 410 inside the loop. If you turn toward the city, two miles. You come across Callahan and one more mile, you come to the corner of Ingram and Benrus, yeah. and that 10-acre campus, and they'll see the church. It's it's all right there, and all right. that's where we're located. You can't miss it. It's a pretty, pretty good-sized <laughs> yeah. building. Well, yeah. tell us about the ministry itself. Uh, you've been pastoring this church now for a while, and so give us a little bit of a sneak peek into what, what is happening within the ministry. What has God been doing within the Well, church? it's kind of interesting. We've been going about 13, 14 years and we've uh, we've spawned and started four other churches. Awesome. The, the fourth one, actually, just a week ago. Uh, but uh, several years ago, we started a, a Hispanic church in the city, and uh, it's going strong. In fact, they just thought they had property and to to build, and it fell through. They're meeting off of Hebner, back over in that uh, western area. And do they then, carry the same name? Pardon me. No, uh, it's got a it's got a Spanish name. Okay. I thought you'd ask me that. Yeah. I can't right. re- I can't remember. Uh-huh. And then we started a French speaking African church. We had a a young man that actually came from Africa, uh, tall, handsome, great Bible teacher, and Stephen Apuvi, and uh, from Togo. Uh-huh. And he felt a real burden. He was part of our body, part of the church, and a graduate of the Bible college felt a burden to start this French-speaking uh, church. So we launched out, and uh, he started that. And uh, now it's kind of, uh, I think it's both uh, French-speaking and English. He's, he's sort of uh, got both. And then we started, uh, we've always seemed to be favored we're called International Bible Church, and really we do have an international community. Yeah. Uh, a lot of East Indians that have identified with IBC, and we started a Malayalam uh, oh. fellowship and a, and a church. And uh, until just recently, they've actually been meeting on, on West Avenue at the First Assembly uh, Church there, and uh, that's where they, they've been. And that was a Malayalam uh, that from South India. That's they're known by their language and uh, they speak Malayalam. So, uh, and then just recently, one of our East Indian uh, pastors has started a, uh, but it's a multi-ethnic. But there there are Indians, but not just of one particular language group like Malayalam and uh, Telugu and and Hindi. It's it's uh, you know it's everybody. Uh-huh. And so basically, uh, four churches in thirteen years and. We thank God uh, for them and the possibility of being able to, you know, raise up other ministries. Uh, 
I think that our body is constantly exposed to the reality that the world is the mission. We've got to have a vision that reaches beyond our four walls. We've got to see beyond just us who we are, and we've got to touch the nations, make an impact in the world in which we live. Indeed. So there you have it. If you're interested in in a church service, perhaps in French or Spanish or English or Malayalam, uh, get a hold of uh, Pastor Cook here at uh, 434-5541. Get some more information there. Uh, Pastor, give us a little bit of a, an insight on the, the ministry itself. Tell us about you, your style yeah. of teaching. Uh, what, what kind of teacher are you? Uh, for those that aren't familiar with IBC and what they teach, uh, tell us about you. And Well, we're a strong like. Bible church, yeah. it, and that comes, of course, from our background in education. And we've got a good pastoral staff, uh, a great uh, ministry team. And we're, we're strong in the area of uh, biblical studies. We do series at times of studying uh, maybe expository teaching, preaching on various books of the Bible. My style, because of over 16, 17 years as an evangelist, I'm, I'm a preacher. Yeah. Strong exhortation. But because of the teaching emphasis, I really have a, a strong hermeneutical background that, boy, we want to be solid on the Word. But we really emphasize the Spirit, the work of the Spirit, and uh, miracles, healings. We believe God works today. In fact, one of our pastors at the church, uh, he went with me. We were in eastern India in a place called Gorakhpur, 50 miles from um, Nepal uh, just a couple of years ago. And we were there in in a crusade and uh, a great ministry there, and uh, on a morning meeting, I was sharing and then gave an invitation, and people were in the altar, and it was kind of an evangelistic meeting, and uh, uh, my associate pastor were praying for people uh, from the platform, and he came next to me, and he said, I believe God's opening this kid's eyes, and I looked down, and neither one of us had laid hands upon this child. He was born blind, no no eyesight. And I looked, and his eyes, he was only about four feet from me, were spinning like white cotton, Mm. just as fast as you could spin. And suddenly, two little black balls popped out of his eyes, jumped out of the arms of his mother. She was Hindu. The entire family was Hindu. And he ran. In fact, it was interesting. The first thing he grabbed a hold of was some, uh, uh, some of the plastic false flowers and plants. Yeah. Sort of intrigued him, and then he came up on the platform. We looked down at the mother, <laughs> and she was she was stunned that this okay. here's this child. He's five, six years of age, and uh, sees perfectly. Uh, within three weeks, the missionary told us that uh, that entire village where they were from, whole Hindu uh, village, had come to the Lord. He had baptized over one hundred adults. Uh, to follow Christ. Uh, you know, I read in the book of Acts where the Scripture says that Paul, that God wrought special miracles, that even handkerchiefs and aprons from his body, it, it brought healing and deliverance. Mm-hmm. And it seems at times that God just sovereignly gives special miracles, and that was one yeah. where we had not really prayed. It was one of those sovereign, providential miracles of God that just in the atmosphere of the preaching of the gospel and praying for other people, here God performs a miracle and a blind kid (laughs) is healed. It humbles us, but it thrills our heart 
to see God confirming his word with Amen. signs and wonders and miracles. And so my, my style of teaching and preaching is that I'm an evangelist, I'm, but also biblical. It's a pretty, a pretty strong emphasis of Scripture. This last Sunday, I, I'm not sure what inspired me to minister, but I preached on Stand Up, Speak Up. I'm and, sure it was the Holy Spirit. Uh, oh, I, I'm sure it was. <laughs> and I sometimes things in the news, and maybe it was because I see things in our culture and in our world that concerns me that Christians are being uh, marginalized, at times silenced, and intimidated into silence. And the entire message was from the first chapter of the book of Daniel and on the life of Daniel. And that first chapter is 21 verses. It begins in 605 B.C. and it ends in 539, 36 B.C. where uh, Cyrus becomes king. And the impact and the influence that Daniel had in the world in which he lived. Mm. And, uh, you know, Mark, I tell you, I, I, my concern and passion was that we're living in a day that it just seems like that everything that's been buttoned down, nailed down, is coming loose. Mm. And that thoughtful, intelligent people, maybe unregenerate people, are asking the question, where's the glue with which we can reassemble this uh, disintegrating, disjointed culture yes. in, of the world in which we live? And uh, so I told the people, I said, we want to address uh, the question of what kind of a Christian is it going to take? What kind of a church is it going to take in a community to challenge, confront, and hopefully change the culture in which we live? And, of course, Daniel, when you follow that chapter, what an incredible personality. Mm-hmm. First of all, he had a strong conviction to commit his life to the Lord. Verse 8 of that first chapter, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not sin, that he was he was not going to eat the forbidden meats from the Levitical law of God that the king's table provided. Mm-hmm. He didn't raise his voice, stomp his foot, throw a fit. He appealed uh, to the administrator to test them. Give us 10 days. Give us just water and vegetables. And and so Daniel uniquely had wisdom in the day in which he lived, and uh, that chapter reveals for us that Nebuchadnezzar the king looked at Daniel and Hananiah and Michelle and Azariah, that's before their names were changed and given pagan names, and he's he said, these guys are ten times better mm. than anything we've produced. These guys. And then... The book of Daniel tells us seven times it says of Daniel, there is a man in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. Or there is a man equivalent to it. There's a man in whom it is an excellent spirit. Because Daniel had inside him the spirit of the living God. Amen. He was plugged in to a source None of those magicians, none of those people had the kind of power that was made available to him. And as a, as a result, he outlived five kings. He served God for over 70 years. He had incredible dreams and visions, interpreted dreams, and saw into the future. Even the day in which we live, we're seeing the fulfillment of of prophetic insights that God gave him, Mm -hmm. such as the rapid increase of travel, 
the uh, uh, all of the increase of knowledge, uh, all of these things prophesied by Daniel yeah. <laughs> thousands, of thousands of years ago. Years ago yeah. Incredible. And then he saw even the end of the age when the stone cut out of the mountain which was none other than our Lord Jesus and the kingdom of our God, that it will ultimately destroy every kingdom of man and it will rule as far as sea from shining sea. Amen. Boy, I'll tell you what. I thank God we're part of the kingdom. So Daniel, and you know, Mark, one of the emphasis that I had in a message, I said, listen, people, let's make sure as we raise our voice in this day that we're not just knowing for what we're against, mm-hmm. but that we're known for what we're for. Yes. And I said, let's raise our voice. We're for the family. Mm-hmm. We're for the traditional marriage. Yes. We're for the sanctity of life. Right. We're for the Bible. We're for amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Mm-hmm. We're for the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ. So I said, raise your voice for what we're for, not just what we're against. Amen. In the day in which we live. You sound like a preacher man. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Pastor, it's been a, de- a yeah. delight to have you in the studio. I mean, just in these uh, few minutes, you've just given us a great insight to uh, just the Word of God and you as a minister and how God has anointed you. And thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for the uh, the long years that you have spent in, in tilling this ground and getting it ready for mm-hmm. for the seed. And uh, we're believe we're believing this harvest has already started and it continues to grow Amen. in Jesus' name. So uh, we want to uh, once again just ask you that are listening. You've been uh, listening to our conversation here in studio. Uh, to get connected to the local community church. Why don't you go out and uh, be a part of International Bible Church? You know, go out there and inter- introduce yourself to Pastor David Cook. You can find them at uh, 2369 Benrus Boulevard here in San Antonio. Uh, services are uh, the worship service at 10.30 a.m. with a 9.30 a.m. start time for the uh, Sunday school. Wednesday uh, Bible study from 7 to 8 p.m. And for more information online, you can go to ibctx.org. That's ibctx.org. And you can call also 210-434-5541. Again, the number to call is 210-434-5541. Thank you so much for listening to The Word in South Texas, AM 630 KSLR. I'm Mark Longoria. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM 630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.